Pray again? All right. Father, thank you so much for the beauty of being together, the wonder of opening your word, and the treasure and gift of seeking your face, Lord, your face, in a community that loves you and needs you. We're grateful for this community. We're grateful for your love, and we're grateful for your presence. And so, Lord, just like we sung, we need you. Oh, how we need you. In every moment of every hour, we need you. And so, Lord, let our hearts submit to what our minds already know, that we need you. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We started a new series recently, and it's simply called Besetting Sins. Besetting Sins is those sins that keep on coming back into your life and that you feel like you get some freedom from, and then they come back again, and then you feel like you get more freedom from, and then they come back again. And so we all have that. And I don't care which one of your sins are besetting sins. For some of us, it's, an, it's, it's a gluttony sin. We just keep on eating. We can't stop. It just, it's rough. For others of us, it's um, lustful in nature. For others of us, it's lying. And, but there's just, there are just sins that enter our lives that we keep on coming back to. And we said, we're going to do a series where we map out a strategy over a period of six or seven weeks where we map out a strategy um, to be able to combat and, sing, um, and come against these sins. Now, you'll remember, the first week is our groundwork. The first week we did our groundwork, right? And we had three big ideas to carry us through. I'm wondering if we could lower my mic. We had... Three ideas, three big ideas that I wanted us to carry through. Uh, and the three ideas, I wonder if you remember, we did like whole hand signs with them, right? Remember what they were? They were think out, right? We were going to think out the implications of our sins. We weren't just going to jump into them. We weren't just going to act out on them. We were going to think out. Where is this going to lead? Where is this going to go? How is this going to affect my heart, my relationships, my life, my finances, my, my job, my, my marriage. Think out. Do that with me. Think out. Then we were going to dig down. We were going to dig down. We were going to find out because what most people do is that they spend their time thinking about the particular sin that they have and they never get under that sin. They never address the thing under the thing, right? The motivation. Here are two people, and they're helping me move out of my house, right? And one of them, one of them is doing it because he loves Jesus, and he just wants to serve. And the other one is doing it because he's hoping I'll give him 50 bucks, right? Two totally, same thing, but two totally different motives. It's possible for us to all act out on the same sin, but have different motives. So we, we, we looked at the idols, right? right? The significance, approval. These are four of the main idols that we speak about here. Significance, wanting our name in lights, wanting people to recognize us. Approval, wanting other, doing anything to get anybody to uh, uh, enjoy or like us, even compromising our principles. Uh, comfort, that's pleasure seeking, right? Seeking pleasure, going for, just living for the God of pleasure, that's comfort, the God of comfort, the idol of comfort. And then control, not trusting Jesus for his outcomes, 
and just being our own gods. So we said we have to think out, we have to dig down, and then we have to look up that our hope is found in Jesus. Our, my ho- our hope is found in our Lord who loved us well. And so we look to Jesus. We find our joy in Jesus. We find our satisfaction in Jesus. We live for Jesus. That's a quick overview of what we've uh, recently discussed. And then last week, finally, we talked about the first, um, we'll say step. I don't know. The first thing we do in the process is that we got to avoid the sin. You got to avoid the sin. And, we said, and our big idea for that was like um, uh, that it's better to, um, to avoid the sin that you have to say no because someday you might not say no. You need to avoid the sin that you, that you have to say no to because one day, if you don't avoid it, you may not say no. Has anybody had this issue where they're like on a diet and so they're taking in less carbs and then you go to one of the Spanish restaurants like Loma or uh, some cuchifrito joint. And what do they do? They bring the nice toasted bread with the butter on it. Have you ever been there? Right? And you're like, oh, no, what do I do? Right, right. It's, easier to, it's better to avoid that sin than to have to say no a thousand times throughout the, the evening, right? Okay. So that's where we're up to now. For those of you who weren't here, you can get the uh, recordings on our website www.rhowbk.org. So today, let's talk about where we're going today. And today is one of the most helpful ways that I fight against sin. This is my number one tool. Like, you know how like some boxers, they have their jab, it's their number one tool to set everything up. And do you know how like, right, this is my number one tool for fighting against uh, temptation. So um, let me open up. I, I remember... I was, this is uh, years ago, my, my son, I only had four kids then, so my youngest wasn't born, and my oldest son, who's 28 now, was around 15, he was around 15, and so we went on like one of, these vac- one of these vacations, we called it a vacation, but what it was is that someone would ask me to speak at a camp, and I would just go, yeah, I'll do it. But I need to bring my family, so you have to take care of my family. You know, just so it, it was my way of getting our, it was the only way we could afford to get out of the city. So we went, and uh, someone lent us a car, and someone, you know, was generous with us and gave us some resources so that we could um, pay for the gas and the tolls and all that other stuff. And we went up there, and we had a wonderful time. It was glorious. And then I remember we stopped on the side of the road. I don't remember why we stopped on the side of the road. But I know we saw a moose. Has anybody here, raise your hand if you've ever seen a moose, like, alive, right? Okay, yeah, in real life. I did not realize how, m- moose are, like, bigger than horses. They're huge. This guy had to be seven, eight foot tall, not including his antlers. His antlers were massive. So we saw him, and we were, like, walking, like, you know, close to him. And then he started to look at us, and he had that look. I don't know if you ever gotten like a look from an animal that just says, don't walk any closer to me, but that's what I felt. So I, I started to turn around with my son, and my wife was in the uh, van, uh, like, I don't know, say 50, 100 feet away, right? 
And my wife opens the door, rips open the door. She says, Ron, the moose is chasing you. <laughs> so my son, my older son, who loves me very much, I didn't hear what my wife said. All I saw was my son bolt. <laughs> he just like, it's like every man for himself. And so, so he ran, and I was like, what? And I jumped back because I'm tough, and uh, I'm ready for the, uh, the moose. And, and then she, I could hear her laughing. Right? Okay. Okay. Why do I tell you that story? It's a very funny story, right? The reason I tell you that story is because my son's response to the moose attack was an appropriate response, while my response to the moose attack was an inappropriate response. See, when you have an animal like a moose, and I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, you got to see them. Like in real, the TV does not do them justice. They're massive. They're like, the size, they're like as tall as an elephant. They're huge. If a moose is chasing you, the only proper response is not to think, is, is to go, run, get out of touch, get out of town, right? Mine was a defensive posture, which would have gotten me killed if she wasn't playing a practical joke. Like he, it would have gotten me killed. Okay. I think, like in my family, there are two types of moose fighters. I think in this church, there are two types of sin fighters. Those who, when they're tempted, bolt, flee, run. And then those who go, I might be able to take this guy. I think I can handle this. And the second one is deadly to the soul. And the first one is the right response. I want us to look at a really powerful and clear passage in the New Testament. I could have gone to many different places about what we're going to talk about today. But I want you to know that your happiness lays in the balance. The reason that you go through a depression, and I'm, I'm not discounting uh, chemical reasons why we go through depressions. We all go through depressions for different reasons. Very, very few. When I say very few, like very, very few of us are in a depression for chemical reasons. Most of us are in a depression, if we're in a depression, for behavioral reasons. I know that's not what you want to hear. I'm just telling you that very, very, very few of us it's, it's like the story of a psychologist. I was reading this uh, book, and this was a secular psychologist. And he was um, counseling this guy in jail. And he was in for murder for uh, murdering his wife and his child. That's what he was in there for. And so he came in, and he wanted more, um, uh, he wanted a prescription uh, for drugs, you know, pharmaceutical drugs to help him with his depression. But as soon as he came in and the guy told him a story about him, he goes, of course you're depressed. You just killed your wife and your wife. That would produce a depression. You see, I'm telling you, the reason that many of us are in a depression, the reason that we're unhappy, the reason that we're looking for love in all the wrong places, the reason that we settle for what we get rather than what God wants to give us, the reason that you and I are unhappy is because 
we flirt with sin rather than being furious against sin. We need to be furious, fierce, and not flirt with sin. So James is going to speak to us in a very small, we're going to look at verse 7, although we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. Our emphasis is going to be on 7. Now, here's the thing. Today's big idea, you probably won't be able to guess, but today's big idea is simply, are you ready? No. No. That's today's big idea. No. Say it with me. No. Come on, like you actually mean it. No. No. That's today's big idea. That when sin, when temptation, when, when you get that fiery dart that goes into your mind, when your body starts to respond to things that you ought not to, when your mind starts to, that you have, listen to me, you have, no. You have to stop the train of thought. You have to stop the thought where it goes. Because what happens is, in your brain and mind, we have things that we've done over and over and over again, and it's created ruts in our minds. In fact, some of us, it's crazy, right? Some of us have a long wick. You know what a wick is? It's like the, remember in the cartoons, the, uh, the little string that you, yeah, yeah, the, the, right. And then there's like a, a dynamite at the end of it. Some of us have a long wick. And so it takes us, we, we call that, if you have a long wick, for those who are in recovery, we call that being in relapse mode. That's a long wick. That means you are doing things, getting you closer and closer to a devastating relapse. But some of us, it's tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, boom. Just like that. It's like the thought comes, we act. There's no filter in between. We want to get in between the thought and the action. And the way we're going to do that is with a hearty, Holy Ghost filled, passionate, say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. No. 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 So let's see how James would lead us to um, do that. And then what we'll do is we'll see how uh, James leads us to say the no. In uh, James chapter 4, James is the brother of Jesus. Now, one of the reasons, this is big. One of the reasons I believe that Jesus is God is because James is Jesus' brother. And James worships Jesus as God. Now, think about this for a second. What would your brother have to do to make you believe that he's God? Right? What would your brother have to do to convince you that he's God? Because James did not believe that Jesus was God James had to, uh, while, while Jesus was um, alive, Jesus had to resurrect from the dead in order for James to be convinced. You see that, right? And so, yeah, if my brother comes back from the grave, I'll pray to him for sure, right? And so we say that to say that the scriptures are true in what they're saying. These are people who had every reason not to believe, and yet they believed. We can trust the scriptures, James in chapter 4, verses, um, yeah, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, says this. But he gives more grace. That is why scripture says, 
God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Would you stand with me at the reading of of verse 7 and 8? On the count of three, we'll all read it together. It'll be good for your soul. Just read with me, okay? On the count of three. One, uh, we're starting in verse 7. One, two, three. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded this is God's word. Please have a seat. During, when, you know when the COVID um, first struck, my wife says that our, uh, the verse for the church should be, wash your hands, you sinners, <laughs> because everybody was like really afraid and washing their hands. I thought that was hysterical. Um, so, so we have James instructing his congregation, and he's giving them very strong, strong direction. And I want you to see what he says here in verse 11, um, 7. He says, well, look at it. He goes, but he gives more grace. That is, the Lord of the universe gives more grace. This is why God says, therefore he says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Now, this is super important to your no. You won't give a no if If you give God your no, you won't give Satan your no. Does that make sense? In other words, if you're too busy giving Jesus your no, you're not going to give Satan your no. You only got one no to give. Who are you going to give it to? And now here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. This issue of humility versus pride is a deep one. Because in many places, I think I know better than God. I tell God things he doesn't know all the time. Have you ever done this? Have you ever gone, but God, you know I don't have that much resources, or God, you know I can't do that, or God, I just tell God things that he doesn't know. And the fact is, is that when I take that posture, I take a prideful posture. And you know what the Bible says? It says, now you're wrestling against God. Now you have Uh, you have God working against you rather than God working in and for you. God resists the proud. He comes against the proud. However, there's good news. The humble. He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Gives grace to the humble. This is really, really important. Because you and I, we need grace. I need, I need all the help I can get. And so it's not that the religious are in and the irreligious are out. You know what I mean when I say that? right? It's not like, oh, the people who make uh, church services all the time, uh, they're in it with, with God. And those who don't make church services are out. It's not like the, um, the, the, uh, those with clean time are in and those who are involved in active addiction are out. No, 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 no. The humble are in, and the proud are out. In other words, the ones who can expect help from God with their holy no are those who trust and rest 
and run to and recognize that God is their only hope. I know you're sitting here and you're thinking, no, 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 my hope is found on the screen or in that relationship. My hope is built on the whether we walk down the aisle or whether I get the promotion. My hope is built on how much money I have or how strong and, 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 and self-reliant I feel. Beloved, I'm telling you, those come and they go. Humility. Christ is your hope. And when Christ is your hope, you recognize, no, I, I'm not going to give God my no. He's done nothing but love me. Why would I give him my no? So he says, it gives more grace. That's why scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Then he gives us the reason, three reasons why we say no. And here it is. Submit yourselves then to God. First is submit, submit to God. You know you're going to submit to something. You do realize that, right? This is so true. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, oh, man. He said, you got to serve somebody. Um, Dylan, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan um, uh, wrote a song saying, you gotta, you're going to serve somebody. You, it, that's a fact of life. Everybody serves somebody. So the Bible says, since you and I are fantastic worshipers, and isn't it true? We are. I mean, we give, and what I mean by worshipers, we give our heart and soul to something. Since that's true about us, God goes, here's an idea. Why don't you give your heart to the only one who's not going to take from your life, but add to your life? Because everything else will take from your life. Give your heart, listen to me, give your heart to food and you'll never be satisfied. Give your heart, listen, Give your heart to a lover, and you'll never be glad. Give your heart to raising your children and, and, you know, really making them into the best people that they can be. And listen to me, no matter how lovely your children end up, they eventually leave home. It's, these, are, these are poor things to give your hearts to. No, 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 no. Beloved, we... Give our hearts to Jesus. That's the Christian imperative. That's the Christian delight. That's the Christian joy. We give our hearts to Jesus. Submit to God. The way I submit to God is by saying, yes, Mother Teresa, who I'm sure, who here has not heard of Mother Teresa? Okay, everybody pretty much has heard of Mother Teresa. She's almost like a byword at this point. Like, you know, um, you say, well, I'm, not, I'm no Mother Teresa. So Mother Teresa was this woman who served um, uh, on like the poorest of the poor to people who were dying in India. It was really, really a very difficult thing. And she said in one of her books, she said that there came a point in her life where she said this to God. Could you imagine saying this to God? Could you imagine? She says, her prayer was, God, I will deny you nothing. Isn't that incredible? You see, she recognized that when God speaks to us, God never gives suggestions. God never gives suggestions. He only has commands. And you go, because we're in that, we're in that culture. We're like, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I live like I want to live. Can't nobody tell me. No, 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 beloved. If you belong to Jesus, 
then he's the one you submit to. He's the one. Because listen to me. He's not going to ruin your life any more than you've ruined your life. And here's something even better. He will lead you in the joy everlasting in Christ. So the first step is we got to submit to God. Because when we submit to God, we're following him. We're guiding. We're being led by. We're enjoying him. Submit to God. Then, secondly, you see in verse 7, and it's right there in the text, resist the devil. Resist the devil. Now, here's the thing. Can we talk? Can we talk? Some of you are just, when it comes to temptation, you are a bunch of sissies. You're like a bunch of punks. Like everybody's so big and bad and I'm tough and ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. And you got the neck waving and, you know, all that stuff. And then when it comes to temptation, you like fall. And it's like, it's like oh, I can't take it anymore. It's like, yeah, but you've only been tempted for 15 seconds. I know, but it feels so long. It's like, no, no, beloved. Listen, we have to resist the devil. Now, resisting the devil comes from submitting to God. If we're submitting to God, if we're finding our joy in God, we will find ourselves resisting the devil. You see, it's not a matter of willpower. It's a matter of his power. And when we come to him, we find that he gives us strength far more than we ever had in ourselves. And so we come to him recognizing that in submitting to him, we're resisting Satan before the temptation ever comes. Submit to God, resist the devil, and then thirdly, enjoy the Lord. Resist the God, I'm, I'm sorry, submit to God, resist the devil, enjoy the Lord. And so here's what it says. Come near, in verse 8, come near, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right? So let me just talk about that for a second and resisting the devil before we go to enjoy the Lord. So our resistance our resistance is until the devil flees. Our resistance isn't until we want. So, and how does our resistance look like? Well, if we're submitted to God, the Holy Spirit will give us all a million and one different ways to resist Satan. Can I give you just a few of them? Okay. One will be, he'll, tell, he'll put it in your mind, call your friend. Call your friend and tell on yourself. Call your friend and tell on yourself. You just, and you'll pick up the phone and you go, Johnny, you know how we talked about how I was unmanageable with my money? Well, I just got, I had a, such a stressful day, I want to go out and buy another pair of shoes. I was like, and then Johnny's like, oh man, you too? Me too. Hopefully, that's what we'll have in our church, right? You go, oh my gosh, you're feeling tempted? I'm, I get tempted too. Let's walk through this. There's a million ways that the Holy Spirit helps you to resist Satan. Another thing is that some of, us, some of us have lost the right to have a screen in a room where no one is uh, accompanying us. Does this make sense? Like, in other words, we've looked at screens, we've looked at images on screens that have been so unhelpful and have so darn, just damaged our souls that... We should not have access to any screen that's in a private area. We just need to just put that, yeah, but how am I going to do my research? How am I going to keep up with Facebook? Fine, borrow other people's screens and do it while they're with you. You see, 
submitting to God means we're being ruthless and radical with our sin. Does that make sense? We need to be ruthless and radical with our sin. The Holy Spirit will give you a thousand and one ways. Um, they're barking at you. You know who they are, right? Because they always are the ones that bark at you, right? And so they're barking at you. And the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go outside, buy a water, take a walk around the block, and pray. That's, that's a way that I'm submitting to God and resisting the devil. Why? Because I don't want to hurt the people that I love with my words, even if they're hurting me. I don't want to. I don't want to continue to create. Do you see all the ways that submitting God and resisting the devil helps you to say your no? Okay. Then finally is enjoy the Lord. Look at verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Isn't that good? That's a promise. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Listen to me. It's explaining to you intimacy with Christ is like explaining to my young son um, marital um, intimacy, like physical marital intimacy. I can't, he does not have a compartment in his brain to be able to understand that kind of ecstasy and intimacy and joy. He just doesn't have that in his brain. You see, beloved, intimacy with Christ can't so much be explained as experienced. And so how? How did you fall in love with the person? If you've ever fallen in love, how did that ever happen? How did that ever happen? Well, it happened, I'll tell you how it happened. You talked, right? Whether it's on the phone, hours and hours and hours. No, tell me more. Ladies, is it, wasn't, it, wasn't there a day when your husband, when you were dating him, he was going, tell me more, really? Wow. No kidding. Don't you wish you still had that? Guys, good idea. Tell me more is a good response to whatever your wife says. And so, yeah, for some, yeah, um, no, so, so the, the, the beauty is, is that you spend time with the Lord. That's how that happens. And so that's why in our church, if you want to spend intimate time with Jesus, we literally give you nine prayer meetings to choose from. Oh, are you busy on Mondays? How's about Tuesdays? Thursdays not, Thursday nights, you're, you're a little bit, what about Friday mornings? Like, you know, like, I, I, I don't know how to shoot it any straighter. Like, we, we literally give you all these different atmospheres and times and, uh, for you to join in. And I'm telling you, it's a life changer. Do it for one week. It'll change your life. And so, enjoying the Lord means spending time with him. Which all brings us to our big idea for the day. No. So we're submitting to God. We're resisting the devil. We're enjoying the Lord. And all of that brings us to our no. Would you say that with me? No. We are looking at ourselves. So that means a temptation is going to come into your mind. Even as I've been speaking to you, some of you have temptations, things that you plan on doing after this thing is over. You have temptations coming to your mind. And those temptations need a hearty, holy no. No. Like, I mean, point your finger at temptation's chest. No. Like, as soon as the thought comes in your mind, because here's the thing, they've done the studies, you got about five seconds. When the no comes in, you have about five seconds. Within five seconds, you need to say your no. Otherwise, it starts to take root. Otherwise, you start, you, you ever have, have you ever been uh, uh, 
had a fixed idea that you couldn't shake, and that fixed idea only grew with time as you meditated on it and thought about it more and more? Of course you have. It's why you're here. We've all experienced that. We need a no, and we need to be able to say no within five seconds. And if we have a struggle saying no within five seconds, then we realize that we're giving a yes to Satan and a no to our beautiful Lord and Savior. We can get honest. This is not an issue of temptation overtaking me. This is an issue of I want the temptation. I desire the temptation. I don't like the consequences. God, if you can get me high and still leave me with a full bank account, I'd get high. God, if you could, if you could let me have this physical pleasure without bringing in the guilt and the shame, I would do it. If I could, if I could be with him and not get pregnant, I'm down. See, well, our problem is that the problem with our sin and temptation is not the sin and temptation itself. Our problem is that we don't want the consequences of sin and temptation. So all of our fighting in and sin and temptation has to do with consequence negating or consequence negation. In other words, we just don't want it to be so bad. That's why when you stop smoking cigarettes, you pick up food. That's why when you stop putting, when you put down, when you put down the heroin, you pick up the alcohol. Because we're not addressing temptation. We're not addressing sin. We're addressing consequence. Heroin, I lose my job. But if I drink on the weekends, it'll all be okay. Don't you see? We're fighting against consequences. That's not submitting to God. No. That is what we need in the first five seconds. No. The temptation comes in. You recognize it. We say, say it together. No. The moment we get that fiery dart and we start the, the, the wheels start turning, we say no. That moment is a moment of submitting to God, resisting the devil, and watching him flee, and then enjoying the Lord. That's what's found in that no. Let me tell you how you can have the power of saying that no. And I don't want you to forget this. And if you have to, write this down. But the only reason that you and I can say no is because Jesus said yes to the Father. When Jesus said yes to the Father, we can say no to the devil. Because Jesus said yes to the Father in taking on our temptation, taking on our sin, taking on the pain that we deserve. Because Jesus took that on himself, we can now walk in the freedom and the joy that Christ brings. Because Jesus said yes to the Father, we can say no to the devil. We can walk in the victory that Christ has already won for us. I'm telling you, there's some people here. This is a big enough crowd where I know there's a bunch of you who are living a lie. And just, um, Maria, Maria, is it okay if I share a little bit of your story? Because you just shared that you had a year. Okay. So Maria just recently celebrated a year clean. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it was amazing. If you weren't, if you weren't at the anniversary yesterday, you missed it. It was spectacular. Oh, you did? Terrible, terrible. No, it was marvelous. It was marvelous. 
<laughs> she loves you. <laughs> so, so Maria celebrated a year, but uh, many of you may know that Maria had a significant amount of clean time before this where she said no to drugs. And then there came a time where saying no to Satan or saying no to God started to get confused. And this is what happened. She started to say yes to Satan. And then for how many years, Maria, did, did you stay in that sort of relapse? How long would you say? More than four years. See, the devil never tells you that. You know what the devil says? I wonder, like, the first time you picked up, why uh, did you pick up? Do you remember why? Like, the, can you remember that far back? You can't even remember, right? I wanted to. You just wanted to. You just wanted to. There was, yeah, there was stress in life, things happening. I just wanted to. Boredom maybe even. Can you remember why? Like, what was the, the thought or the idea that made that, like, a good idea? Can't think back. Huh? Yeah, no, no. And just, and then you know what happened, right? For four years, stuck in bondage, pain in the, you know how, how hard that is? Listen, Maria is the brave one. She gets to tell us, I lived a lie for years. Some of you right now, you're living a lie. Right now, this second, you're living a lie. You know you're embracing a kind of sin that's been hurting you for maybe more than four years. And I'm telling you, here and now, you have Christ who loves you, who died on the cross. Christ says yes to the Father, yes to taking on your sin, yes to taking on your burden, yes to taking on your guilt, yes to taking on your shame, yes to taking on your relapses, yes to taking on your adulteries and your, and your overeating and your... Yes to taking on all of your sin. He does that, Jesus does. And he, and he gives you the power of the no. So, what's going to happen? You're going to leave here. You're going to leave here and you're going to be tempted. Somebody scream out whatever your temptation is. Remember, there's children in the room, so keep it um, uh, reasonable. Okay. What, what is your temptation? Money. Money. Okay. What else? Comfort. Comfort. Right. Just like comfort. Okay. Great. What else? Acceptance. Acceptance. Okay. Judging. Judging. Okay. What else? Sugar. Food. Ice cream. Weed. What? Control. Lust. Okay, so all of those sins, all of those sins, you're going to walk out of here, and I have, I'm convinced that our swinging doors have um, brain erasers. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced of that. Because... I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen people in this service like weeping, going, yes, I want Jesus, I will. And then we go through those doors, me included, me first, you second. And then we go through that door and we're like, what was that thing that he said again? <laughs> I know it was from the scriptures. And so we forget, we forget. But watch this. So you're going you're gonna to go out the doors and the temptation is going to come your way. The temptation is going to attack you. The temptation is going to make you guys want to do things that you know you ought to say no to. The temptation is going to make you want to live the lie that you've 
perpetuated for so long. Whatever that temptation is, no matter which one we called out, even if there's multiple. And you know what you're going to do? As you're walking down the street, you're going to go, you're going to go, and as you open up your car, you're going to go, no! And then, and then you're going to go, God, give me a yes. Give me a yes. Start praying for your yes. Start praying for your yes. And so, right, so let's use the easy ones, right? So like things that are harming us, right? Like, you know, temptation to smoke cigarettes, let's say something like that. Temptation to eat something, whatever. Let's say cigarette, right? We go, no! And then you go, God, give me a yes. And then, and then you start hearing the Spirit of God go, yes to your health. Yes to walking up a flight of stairs without holding to your knees at the end. Yes, yes to having the strength to help your friends when they need your help. Yes to being able to sleep better. Yes to your clothes smelling downy fresh, right? Yes to, yes. Okay, but what if the temptation, what if the temptation is uh, something else? I don't know. Let's, let's imagine. Again, you're going to your car, and then, no! That's, that's your first one. I want you to make it an audible, first forceful, no. I, listen, you cannot save both your face and your hiney at the same time, okay? If that's true, if that's true, then you can, t- you can even, matter of fact, it'll be an opportunity for you to share with somebody what you learned at church. You could be at work, and you just, you go through it, and you go, no! And they go, what, what are you talking about? Oh, this crazy pastor. We talked about what the scriptures talk about with temptation. I just, the temptation came into my mind, and it was about eating ice cream. And I just said, no. And that's what we learned. You're kidding me. I'm struggling with eating ice cream, too. You, too? Oh, let's talk about this together. And you see how the Lord is giving you now opportunities to fortify that no by the Holy Ghost. Do you see that? It starts with submitting to God. He's the one you say yes to. He's not the one you say no to. He's the one you say yes to. Resist the devil. Enjoy the Lord. And give with that a gospel, holy, hearty. Say it with me. No. No. 